you podcast listeners, be it listening to a podcast for the 800th time or listening to a podcast for the very first time, and for some reason your first listen wasn't, uh, you know, all things considered from NPR or Serial or WTF with Mark Marion, your very first podcast, what well, is Chris and Matt's Skim Wikipedia? A podcast that it will give you a bad idea of what podcasts are or can be. <laughs> After this, you're sure to never listen to one again. Yeah. Do you think, how many, like, when people are, like, deciding, well, I, I, my guess is people hear about a podcast and decide that podcast interests them. They seek that out as opposed to being interested in the concept of podcast and then deciding to find a podcast to listen to. I don't think... That'd be a really interesting way to go about it. If somebody's like, hmm, this podcast medium is interesting to me. What should I make my first podcast I listen to be? I think that's why I never could get into Tumblr, is because <laughs> I would just be like, I'm interested in Tumblr, and then could find nothing that interested me on there, oh, as so opposed to like starting with a Tumblr that I liked, and yeah. then like moving on from there. So you weren't looking for porn, <laughs> which is no. what I gather was a big part of Tumblr. I never got into Tumblr either. I had a Tumblr, sort of. It was like a weird comedy art project thing I did for a very brief period of time, mostly for my own amusement and edification. Uh, but I never looked at any other Tumblrs. I didn't really get the medium. I just knew it was a thing people sort of like found stuff on, and you could like click on like um, like you could like tag articles. You could click on a tag or something or articles, whatever they fuck you call it, post on Tumblr, a Tumblr post, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just but mostly then, felt like a bunch of like. Uh just kind of collections of gifts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was all about. I was never... It's the thing I didn't get into. And I and I had a Snapchat briefly, but <laughs> I couldn't really figure out what to do with that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just because I was out with some improv friends of mine and they were using Snapchat. I said, well, there's, I'm going to get into Snapchat too. There's never been a cooler story <laughs> than the time you <laughs> briefly got into Snapchat. <laughs> Well, I'll, you can you can see on the Snapchat like you can see where people are and you can see their little Bitmoji avatars and I thought that was funny. I wanted to have a ridiculous Bitmoji avatar and have my friends at Snapchat be able to be like, "Hey, look at that ridiculous Bitmoji there." And then I said, "This is pointless. I already can post videos on Instagram and I don't do that either. So why have Snapchat?" <laughs> it's crazy how Bitmoji like started in like 2007 and then like quickly kind of like became like not cool and then suddenly became cool again oh no it's never cool it's always terrible no it's they're like, cool they look no, like they look like so fun little little guys little, little digits with yeah. their fingers uh i haven't seen enough uh enough uh kind of like adult themed bitmoji i assume there'd be more bitmoji porn by this point but unfortunately <laughs> no, or fortunately uh, yeah uh, there's very little. Uh, Chris, care to comment? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, I know they have, like, one... They have, like, some very, like... They have, like, some scatological bitmojis that are, Excuse like... Excuse me? They, you ever see those bitmojis that are, like, sort of, like, about, like... They're, like, people on, like, a toilet. Like, the bitmojis on a toilet or whatever. You can Just, like, uh, take, it a, take it a... Take it a yeah, shit. Yeah, basically. There's one bitmoji where... You're like the Bitmoji guy or girl, if you, or I don't know if they have gender neutral, gender non-conforming Bitmojis. I've never delved into that, but uh, you're just flying through the air on the power of a fart that you can see coming out of your bottom, and that's an actual Bitmoji. No. <laughs> yes, I've seen it with my own Bitmoji seeing eyes. No. <laughs> yes, very much so. 
And there's some, there's definitely some sexual ones. There's some sexual bitmojis. That I mean, you don't see any no bitmojis like you know swinging pipe and no bitmojis got what is that? Titties out. Swinging pipe had their dick out. Oh okay. Why are they? Why are they? They're swinging it. The, yeah, I mean they're swinging some pipe. The, if uh, the bitmojis that have ample uh, male genitalia are swinging pipe. But uh, and then like you know none of them have their titties out either. Bitmoji wise. <laughs> I, I went to the podcast Wikipedia page because this is Chris about Skim Wikipedia, and there's a section labeled variants, and these are the variants of podcasts that are listed. There's uh, enhanced podcasts. Podcast novels, video podcasts, Ogcast. What's an Ogcast? It's a podcast recorded and distributed exclusively in the Vorbis audio codec with the Og container format and or similarly free codec slash format. For example, a podcast distributed both in the non-free MP3 format and the free Og format would not technically meet the definition of an Ogcast. I don't know what this means. It's some dumb bullshit some asshole put on here. Anyways, uh, the two left are Pod Guide and political podcast <laughs> which is really what I was building to is the fact that there's so many of all the various variants political podcast got its own little section there yeah I'm looking at this picture of uh, historian John Weiner and Green Party candidate Jill Stein <laughs> ooh interesting mm. uh, is it wait. interesting is it interesting who knows isn't it ironic don't you think I like that music video the music okay. video for ironic have you ever so, seen it uh yeah, oh, with uh, the a lot of uh, a lot of Alanis. Yeah, the four different Alanis uh, Morissette personas, mm-hmm. uh, wearing various like sweaters or whatever, and then Weird Al did a music video like parodying it. Yeah, but I think I he, he did do it. Song. He did do it for uh, a parody of Ironic, though, right? No, I think he just parodied the music video for, like, LTV or something. Mm. Uh, I went, if I search LTV on Wikipedia, because I don't want to search the web as a whole, because, well, let's see, how many episodes of LTV were there? Ten. Ten. Oh, but, like, the first three were all four hours long, though. Okay. Let's see, David Bowie, that's the name on here. He doesn't really get uh, to do it much anymore. Yeah, in fact, he doesn't get to do it at all anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, in 2006, he did it for Straight Outta Linwood. For, he had a one-hour special, and that was the last one he did. So he started in 13 years. Before that, he had a one-hour special. Before I've, that, two-hour special, and so on, so on, so on. Have you ever... Uh, are you a fan of Weird Al Yankovic's music? Of his music? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's got some good songs, some funny songs. I, I wouldn't, I'm not like a Weird Al. It's sort of like how people tend to either like love Lord of the Rings or they don't like it at all. There's doesn't seem to be a lot of people who just think it's fine. I'm sort of in that camp with Lord of the Rings, and also with Weird Al. Like it's like, yeah, he's got some good well, stuff. Why did you, why did you say? You know how there's these people that either like Lord of the Rings or don't like Lord of the Rings or think it's fine. That's everything. <laughs> Well, the last thing is, the, the people who think it's fine are a very, like, if you're doing a bar graph or whatever, or, like, a pie chart, it's a very small slice of the pie chart. It's like, still going to be a pretty big slice. I don't think so. I think it's a very polarizing sort of piece of pop culture. Like, I think it's, I think it's, I think that the pie chart of fans of Weird Al is going to look like, most like, a smaller percentage of that, maybe, say, 15% don't like then another percentage that don't have an opinion 
And then another percentage that's probably bigger than don't like, which is I'm okay with Weird Al. Either because of his music or his persona. Yeah, I like the movie UHF. And I, like I mean, I love, I love UHF. Yeah, I like a lot of his TV stuff. Like, I think he's like a funny guy. I like him on the Comedy Bang Bang TV show. And he's like a clever, interesting guy. And his music, he's got some good songs, some stuff that's sort of like whatever. But like, mm-hmm. so like overall, my overarching, but my opinion on the music, is, my opinion on the music is, his music is fine. He's got some funny songs. He's got, and he, I mean, obviously, he's a talented musician, or like, he and his band because they're able to play so many different styles of music and ape it so expertly. But I'm not like a Weird Al super fan. I've never seen him live, and I don't have any intention to, or what have you. Mm. But why was Weird Al brought up in this conversation? Oh, I was gonna say because uh, I'm looking at the entry for Straight Outta Linwood, and that seems to be like the those who album? do who do not like him always bring up Straight Outta Linwood's. Uh, white and nerdy, and I would say it's probably one of his worst albums. Yeah, I don't like that. Like he doesn't do well when it comes to. I mean, I guess outside of uh, Amish Paradise, Weird Al doing like rap uh, comes off as uh, not great. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's not like a great one straight out of Linwood because also got his Trapped in the Drive Through, the parody of Trapped in the Closet, right. which doesn't air a uh, and a Canadian idiot. His parody of that's not a very good one. And Poodle Hat. The one that comes before that also is sort of like a, a iffy down album, but it does have "Wanna Be Your Your Lover," which is sort of like a like a Prince-esque sort of song. Mm-hmm. But it also it ends with a song called "Genius in France," which is almost nine minutes long as a Frank Zappa parody, and is bad. It's a bad song that's bad. Yeah, and I don't like it at all. So yeah, but you the, hate Frank Zappa, right? I'm not a fan of Frank Zappa, no. Right, right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the some of the stuff on Poodle Hat ain't great. Although the name Poodle Hat's very funny. It is. Uh, funny. Uh, his last album I liked a lot. You know, as you get older, you start realizing that you like his style songs more than his parodies. Yeah, I would agree. Cause they're yeah, I definitely like some of my favorite Weird Owls. Uh, I mean, his best song is Dare to Be Stupid, which is a, a, a clear masterpiece. Dare, hmm, is that his best song? Let me think. I think so. I'm trying to think of songs of uh, that I like of Weird Al. Uh, I like. Uh, wait, no. Do I like? Well, I don't know. What do I like? I have no idea what I like by Weird Al. I like. Um, I love Rocky Road. I don't know. That's <laughs> actually. It's fine. Uh, I guess. Uh, I like Smells Like Nirvana, which is a parody song. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's. Uh, Interesting. I don't like the song uh, Taco Grande, which is a parody of Rico Suave. I like Taco Grande. <laughs> not I. Why? I I don't know. I just don't think it's good. I think it sounds bad and is. <laughs> what about what about uh, the white stuff? I like the white stuff. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got that one that's like a parody of two. Um, I also uh, like Ricky a lot. I like Ricky. I do like yeah. Ricky, which is like his like first music video, I think, pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, I like uh, my Bologna. You like my Bologna? Uh, like, I like my Bologna. The, the, actually, I, I liked when that was played in the most recent season of Stranger Things. I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I also like that. <laughs> it was like a, I like the, that sort of like introduction or or like you know showing like the the because like he's like a char- archetype character in an archetype show. So of course he's a he's a teacher 
and so ne therefore he has to have a mustache to be nerdy, and therefore he's uh, in his one scene in the third season is painting little figurines while listening to a Weird Al Yankovic to make him the most stereotypical like 80s nerd guy in the history of life itself. Hmm. But I'm, uh, I, I didn't realize that, uh, well, I mean, like, why would I really know this? Rick Derringer uh, produced that first um, Weird Al record. I'm curious if you did any more, but he did, he did pen the entrance music for Hulk Hogan. Real which American? Is a, yeah, that's a certified classic right there. No, I mean doubt. he also wrote he also wrote Rock and Roll Hoochie Hoochie Coo, which is also a classic. Yeah. But and uh, apparently recorded the lead vocals for the number one hit single, "Hang On Sloopy." I feel like what am I know? What am I? What do I remember Rick Derringer from? Uh, Weird Al. That's why I recognize those from. Maybe also, I just know him from Hoochie Coo. He also apparently penned the theme music for Demolition of mm. Professional Wrestling. Don't know demolition, do I? Probably they they look like they have like a weird sort of like you know how there was like the team the Road Warriors aka Legion of Doom they look like very yeah like, uh, demolition is a similar sort of look but they're more like a Lord Humongous sort of like looking like uh, mm -hmm. guys like I'm looking like, at them now yeah weird. were they uh, the same uh, the different different members than the LOD right oh yeah no they're Axe and Smash and sometimes uh, Crush but mostly Axe and Smash. Uh, now, are are any of these characters uh, canon within the Mad Max uh, <laughs> universe? No, which is why the tag team of uh, Hawk and Animal, the uh, Road Warriors, had to change their name to the Legion of Doom because they couldn't keep calling themselves the Road Warriors because that was copyrighted material. Mm, uh, interesting. Yeah. They didn't have to change anything else about them. No, they just had the exact same look. They're still... Uh, yeah, the tag team wore similar outfits to Lord Humongous uh, from... The I feel like even they, even after that, they would refer to them sometimes as the Road Warriors. I think probably sometimes, like, Road Warrior, <laughs> Hawk, Road Warrior, Animal. And yeah. Uh, apparently, also, uh, the guys who done Militia were also, they painted their face with face paint to look like the reminiscent of the band Kiss, which I definitely see. So they were basically like, if Kiss and Lord Humongous had a baby in, wouldn't that be with something? Okay, and here's another big-time question about movie... To wrestling franchise crossover. Yes. Is Sting supposed to look just like the Crow? Yes. Uh, Sting okay. when he, Sting became like you know the the dark. The Sting, Sting we all yeah the all the Sting we all know and love. Yeah, not blonde Sting, not no. like blonde surfer dude Sting. But when that wasn't cool anymore, so he had to come back as Moody Sting with the face paint and the yeah. bat and the longer hair. He was a hundred percent a Crow ripoff. Like there's that is so. Do they ever mention that? Uh, or they just like pretend hot. like the that the the, the crow <laughs> didn't exist. I think they basically tried to pretend like the crow didn't exist. Uh, to okay. Try and like uh, yeah, because I'm gonna I don't remember you, them. You know what else is is strange is that the wrestler Raven acted a bit more like the crow <laughs> than Sting did, and had a name closer to that. Yeah, like well, especially because what's the guy? Is name Eric Draven in? Uh, yeah. And yeah, and. Uh, they were, you know, like Ted Turner must have just saw the crow and called Eric Bischoff, and he was like, "I need three or four wrestlers based on this movie." Yeah. Please, please do. Well, like, yeah, Raven, Raven started in ECW with that character. And it was like an even more sort of like moody and edgy sort of character, or what have you. Mm -hmm. Let's see, feud with let's see, flat top haircuts, Scorpion, no, like colorful ones, the Outsiders, the Four Horsemen. 
Oof, Raven doesn't look so good these days. Oh, I believe. You know, he started off as a character named Johnny Polo. Oh. In, uh... What's the... Appearance started to change. You could longer duck your hair. Blah. They're not saying anything about how much of an obvious ripoff he was of, uh... The Crow. I don't think they wanted to acknowledge... Who, Raven or, or Sting? Sting. Yeah. Well, Sting also a ripoff of Sting from the police. There's some great, uh, interesting facts about Raven on his personal life. Uh, Good old Scotty Levy. Uh, yeah. His father was a journalist and the senior editor of the National Enquirer. Mm. Uh, he is a, a chosen person. He is of Jewish descent, just uh, like myself. Yeah, Scott Levy, that's his name. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I got we used to get like some paper in the mail called like Jewish news from like I think we like get you get a subscription like because you're a member of a synagogue or something mm-hmm. and uh one, one of them like had Goldberg on like the front page and it just said like is the world ready for a Jewish wrestler <laughs> As if which though. I guess is like kind of kind of rude to like other Jewish wrestlers yeah. like like Raven probably at the time pre Goldberg one of the most famous wrestlers in America yeah yeah uh didn't get, I guess he, if he had used his last name, Raven Levy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's some. Uh, he uh, has type two diabetes. Oh, and boy. here's something else: borderline histrionic and narcissistic personality <laughs> disorder. Uh, now, how did they get that information? <laughs> oh, he talked about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking at because uh, wow. I'm looking. We'll see. I'm look, went to Bill Goldberg's page. I wanted to see if they had a, a section just for Jewish. Uh, prof- oh, there we go. Jewish professional wrestlers. Perfect. Just what I was looking for. Let's see. David Arquette. <laughs> that does not count. Oh, Fuck oh well. Um, Randy Savage was Jewish, apparently. Uh, him not and his, too shabby. Him and his brother, Lanny Poffo, a.k.a. the genius, a.k.a. Leap. Oh, yeah. Dean Malenko, apparently. Oh, and here we go. Erwin Scheister. <laughs> I don't think Mike Rotunda is actually uh, a Jewish uh, gentleman. Let's see here. Well, Are you serious? Well, he's not listed. Erwin. Uh, Billy Harsh. Kidman, though. And, of course, uh, okay. Barry Horowitz. Erwin <laughs> he... Arshyster is probably the most anti-Semitic wrestler, <laughs> right? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> his name's Erwin Arshyster, and he's a wrestling accountant guy. And, yeah. And uh, his son is uh, that guy, Bray Wyatt, that wrestles now. He is? Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like Bray Wyatt. Matt Bloom, uh, who wrestled under the name Prince Albert. Mmm, famous for his can. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Prince Albert. Uh, what is that joke? What does that joke mean? <laughs> Prince uh, Albert. Speaking of weird in yeah. a can. Uh, so there's a Weird Al song where, about prank phone yeah. calls. Don't go make And they have Prince Albert in a can mentioned in it. Yeah. And... Um, I think I think uh, Nancy Cartwright and Harry Shearer, or Hank Azaria, whoever plays Mo. I think it's Hank. Hank, Hank Azaria. Hank. Yeah. Uh, and they call. Oh God! Uh, I searched uh, Prince Albert and a cat on Wikipedia. You got Prince the- Albert, the genital piercing, yeah. and boy howdy, is that a picture? <laughs> That's what the character of uh, Albert was. Prince Albert was named for in professional wrestling because oh, the dude that played him, Matt Bloom, had a bunch of piercings, and so they called him. Prince Albert, then Albert, then A-Train. And then, interestingly enough, he went to Japan and became a super huge wrestler in Japan and became, like, a champion in Japan. Like, in this country, America, he was, like, a random-ass motherfucker 
but then he went to Japan and became like a superstar in Japan and then like you know uh, was like one of their one of the biggest most successful uh, I forget what they call white guys who wrestle in Japan they have a specific mm. name for them like what they call them is like but he was one of the most successful of those dudes of all time he won various titles and what have you I this is what I picked up uh, on on the street uh, yeah Picked up on the street. At one point, Bloom had 28 body piercings. <laughs> Did you just say Bill, the Billy on the street song with the words picked up on the street? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, I found uh, what Prince Albert in a can means. I already knew. You didn't have to look it up. Well, the listener might not. Well, I could have told you and I would have looked smart. Oh, okay, well, it's not Matt skims Chris's brain. <laughs> what if it was and it was like some sort of like a – would that be like an Inception thing I guess then? It's no. Like, okay. Uh, okay, so what do you think it means, Mr. Fucking Idiot? <laughs> There's a brand of tobacco called Prince Albert that came in a can, and so they call you call up a place that sold, you know, tobacco and be like, uh, you got Prince Albert in a can, and when people said yes because they sold Prince Albert tobacco in a can, you'd say, well, you better let him out. I mean, it's word for word, basically. <laughs> yeah, I know what's up. I didn't have to look that up because I heard it at some point in the history of time. Okay, okay. All right, it's quiz time. You have to quiz me out of oh, something. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm, just, I'm too busy looking at the Wikipedia page for Kelly Kelly, who's apparently another wrestling Jewish person whose real name is Barbara Jean Blank. Uh, she, let's see, um, uh, what's, a, what's something I can ask you about um, Barbie Blank? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, what professional hockey player was she married to? Uh, Wade Gretzky? Uh, no, Sheldon Surrey. Uh, that's a good guess. They they met at a Maxim party. <laughs> Maxim? Yeah, because um, Kelly Kelly uh, was in 2011 was uh, Kelly ranked, Kelly. She was, who's getting Well, in 2011 she's ranked number 82 on Maxim's Hot 100, and it was later featured uh-huh. on both the front and back covers of Maxim in December 2011, and then 2012, uh, Blank ranked number 38. So she really climbed up those rankings. Uh, of, wow. of the uh, Maxim wow, wow, wow. Hot 100. And she was a cast member on the E-Reality series Wags, which is a show about the wives and girls of spo- girlfriends of sportsmen. Let's see, who else was on the show? Wags. Uh, let's see, you got your... Um, somebody named Autumn Azure Tutu, Barbie mm-hmm. Blank, Nellie Halcrow, Nicole Williams, wife of Larry English, Olivia Pearson, Sasha Gates, wife of Antonio Gates, Michelle Beltran, uh, Amber Nicole Miller, Dominique Penn, uh, Ashley North, Sophia Pearson, and Tia Shipman. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, I don't even know some of the people they were married to. This is a weird idea for a show, but Barbie Blank. Uh, oh, they were married very briefly, briefly her and Sheldon Surrey. They married in 2006, separated 2000, uh, married 2016, separated 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, uh, oh, she was, uh, made her acting debut in an episode of Days of Our Lives, appearing in the season of Waitress, who gives information to one of the Wait, show's no, main no characters. spoilers. I'm still making my way through Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Sorry. Her character's, her character's name was Waitress with Information. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot more descriptive than my name. Matt. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Let's see. Uh, Do you watch any soap operas? Nah, bro. Only in The Dentist. Only the dentist? What does that mean? Is that an expression like Prince Albert again? Yes, no. At the dentist, I've watched 
I was I was at a dentist one time. They had it on the TV as my teeth were getting cleaned. I had to try so hard not to laugh because Jesus Christ, the acting in soap operas is so bad that it was, how bad is it? It's so bad. I was trying not to laugh whilst this sucks. I was. This joke <laughs> sucks. You know it, bruh. As I was keep saying things. Quit playing games with my that's not getting in my head. The song Quit Playing Games in My Heart by some band. Some pig. You ever read Charlotte's Web? Yeah. Me too. It's about What do you think about it? What do you think of it? <laughs> I think it's about some pig. Uh, I was never necessarily uh, I, I don't know. I all I know is my fifth grade teacher read to us and she cried while reading it. Uh, she was from Texas, and, uh, and what, what, what did you, how did you feel about this? Her crying. Uh, at the time, I was like, oh, whatever. And now I'm like, whatever. It's kind of a little maybe weird to be reading a book about a like we talk about like some sort of dying uh, spider. That's like, like whatever. I don't know. Good for her. I wonder if she's dead now. That was a lot of years ago, and she was kind of older. Mm. I decided to click on the Wikipedia category for Miss Hawaiian Tropic Delegates because I thought that was a funny turn of phrase because <laughs> uh, that was what came uh, uh, one of the things that uh, Kelly Kelly, a.k.a. Barbie Blank, was a part of. I wonder if I recognize any of these people. Let's see. Anna Anka, Swedish model? No. Angela Boris? Uh, no. Scarlett Chorvat, uh, Slovak-American actress? No. Jennifer Cole? No. Rebecca DPH. <laughs> what is this you're doing right now? <laughs> I'm just looking at the names of all the people who are listed as Miss Hawaii Tropic Delegates. And, oh, okay, uh, okay. Holly Madison. Uh, oh, uh, well, who see. are the Hawaiian Tropic uh, Delegates that were in Dumb and Dumber? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if any of them are listed here. I mean, let's see. Laguna Beach. Somebody from Laguna Beach. Jocelyn Oxlade. She's a former member of the Kitty Girls. A lot of these women became professional wrestlers apparently they almost actually like half of these women that are listed as miss hawaiian tropic that's when like uh professional women like women's role in professional wrestling was to be like some former model who would have some match where they wore a bikini and fought in like a uh, pudding oh I, I remember uh there was a bikini match at hell on the cell or king of, king of, king of the ring like 98 or whatever yeah. between sable and um <laughs> who was a jacqueline yeah i think and uh, I, I spotted a nipple, uh, oh. and my parents turned it off. <laughs> well, it was a famous time to have like a, a like a bikini contest or something, and Sable took her bikini off and just had like black handprints yep, painted over yep, her nipples. We didn't get to see. We didn't get to see that. And there's a time that the professional wrestling lady known as um, mm. as Miss Kitty, uh, like she just straight up took her top off during a, a professional wrestling pay per view, just like topless. And that was a, mm-hmm. a big to-do. Uh, and that was at the time when, like, uh, that was a, a different time for Stacy Carter. That's her name. I'm going to look her up on Wikipedia. I'm going to see if they have any information on here about the time she showed her breasts. <laughs> Let's see. Lumberjill Snow Bunny match when she appeared in a bikini made of, uh, let's see, after, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. And Armageddon. In December 1989, Miss Kitty won her only WWF Women's Championship in a Four Corners Evening Gown Pool Match <laughs> by defending, defeating then-champion Ivory, Jacqueline, Barbara, B.B. Bush uh, by stripping them of their gowns. 
The special guest referees were the fabulous Moolah and Mae Young. After the, wow. ma- after the match, Miss Kitty stripped out of her dress in celebration and quickly flashed the crowd her breasts. This was the first instance of intentional nudity in the WWF. The following evening, she announced before successfully defending her title in a chocolate pudding match that she was changing her name to The Cat. <sighs> That's as good a place as any to, to call it, right? <laughs> yeah, with a strong reminder of how horribly misogynistic professional wrestling was in the 90s and early 2000s. And perhaps maybe even today. Today, actually, I will say, as somebody who for work in the last couple of years has to occasionally pay attention to professional wrestling, uh, that WWE is actually very serious about legitimizing women's wrestling. They treat the women like very seriously, and they treat them as like on equal parts with the men, and they're no longer there for titillation or what have you. What's up? They, ma- they make it the same amount of money? Um, some of them uh, make more money than their male counterparts, like a uh, mm. like the, like, uh, Charlotte Flair or what have you, like the really successful ones. Uh, that's, you know, probably on average making less money because it is still a professional industry in the United States of America. But I feel like Charlotte Flair probably makes more money than like half the dudes on the roster, to be honest. Maybe probably like a, a Becky Lynch, too. And Ronda Rousey, oh. certainly. That shut me up. Yeah. I gave you one example of a woman who's very successful and makes more money than some men, and therefore uh, you have been shut up by me, who's apparently trying to defend the WWE, a company that makes their professional wrestlers independent contractors so they don't have to provide them with insurance. <laughs> it must be a lot for them to provide insurance for, like, what, 40 people? Yeah, that, you know, get injured all the time on the job in a very hazardous profession. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they got to be independent contractors, even though they don't let them work for other companies, but they're independent <laughs> contractors who are not officially under contract with the WWE. Uh, but, yeah, I'm apparently here to defend the company and defend the uh, ultra-conservative man in the 70s who runs the company and is good friends with Donald Trump. Shout out to Vince okay. McMahon, who restarted the XFL, which will surely be more successful this time. Despite the lack of a <laughs> guy going by the name, he hate me. Uh, we don't have to get back into the he hate me discourse again, do we? Oh. But uh, do you see any of the, uh, the XFL um, like team names or logos or what have you? No, much like the rest of the nation, I have ignored it entirely. <laughs> I saw it on the internet and I said, ha 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 ha. I said like that, okay. like I'm a Beethoven doing his symphony. Ha 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 ha! All right, okay. Let's 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 oh, call oh, it. Oh 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 oh! Santa Claus. Uh, yep. Weird Al Yankovic has two songs about Christmas. I like them both. Christmas at Ground yep, Zero great. and The Night Santa Went Crazy. Uh, thank- I love The Night Santa Went Crazy. Yeah, Good one. It's one of my faves. Uh, so thank you to Gabba Media. Gabba, 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 Gabba Media. <laughs> Gabba Media is the name of our podcast. Called- Gabba Ghoul. Yeah. Uh, Pasta Fazul, Gabagool, uh, etc. So listen to other podcasts on Gabber Media. Uh, listen to old episodes of this podcast. Listen to future episodes of this podcast. You can make that easy by subscribing to this podcast. Uh, give us a very good rating or something in a podcast place. Please. Please do it for uh, the guy who voiced uh, Roger Rabbit who died. Uh, he would do his thing and be like, please, Eddie, in that movie, the whatever movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Uh, so yeah, this has been uh, Chris and Matt uh, Skimmer Competing. By the way, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and so long.